You're listening to Beyond the Ordinary, a show about the companies, founders, and ideas that are shaping the future of health, science, and financial technology. Here's your host, Tommy Martin. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond the Ordinary. This is a first for us. We have never had a repeat guest come back to the show, but I had so much fun last time we were with Guillaume Villanex that I've asked him to come back. And last time we talked about his company, MedTech Momentum, and how he has really taken witnessing the computer, internet, and social media revolutions and put in a passion for marketing with those. So MedTech Momentum becomes the marketing department or an extension of the marketing department for the medical companies that they work with. And if you haven't heard that episode yet, please go back, listen to that, because you'll get a background for how it is that Guillaume ended up thinking he was coming to America temporarily and then ends up staying here. You'll hear about how his company was started at age 50 and how he's turned it into absolutely a marketing powerhouse in the medical space. So make sure you go listen to that. But today we are going to go and focus in more on what it takes to do marketing in this digital era and do it in a way that actually connects with the audience. And there's so many people that lose this. I lose it. I lose it often. And so we're going to get behind the science of the brain today to help you understand how people actually connect to messages in a way that helps them want to take action. So, Guillaume, I'm so thankful to have you back. It was just such a pleasure to have you here before, and I'm excited to do it again. Thank you so much for having me. The first podcast was great. I'm happy to be part of this one. Well, Guillaume, we're going to dive right into it. We know your background from our other recordings. So today, I really want to focus in on how do we make these really powerful connections with our audience in this digital era? Yes, so it's a very, very interesting subject. And I think that sometimes, you know, we have a tendency to make things too complicated and forget the basics. The basic fact about us, Homo sapiens, is that we are the dominant species on Earth. Why is that? And we've been, by the way, for 300,000 years. And there is a simple reason for this. It's because of our brain. It's not because we have incredible teeth or hair or sense of smell or nothing. We're actually very weak. But we have an amazing brain. It's 25% of our body, it's 3% of our body weight. There is a challenge with this brain. It's 3% of our body weight, but it uses 25% of the energy that we consume, 25%. Why? Because it's processing information nonstop. So really the key to our survival for the past 300,000 years has been to control the amount of information that our brain processes. Now connect to today. Today, Every day, every listener here is exposed to 5,000 advertising messages every single day. That's what you get through when you go in, from the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed. In average, it's 5,000 advertising messages. 5,000. Yes. So that's like you're saying from my emails, my ad things that pop up, yep. the text messages I get, the ads I hear on a podcast, all those things. So 5,000. Thousand per day. Wow. 5,000 per day. I mean, you're driving in your car, you're listening to the radio. At the same time, you're looking at a billboard. 
And you might even, you know, be looking at ways and get a pop-up ad that's telling you to go eat somewhere in, in the neighborhood. So that's what we have to deal with. So just imagine if our brain had to process 5,000 messages a day. <laughs> it just couldn't. But luckily, because of what we went through in the past 300,000 years, we have a protective mechanism. This mechanism is called the ore brain or the reptilian brain. And all that a reptilian brain does is basically track the information that we are bombarded with and decide if this information is important to our survival. That's it. All we want to do as Homo sapiens is survive another day. So any piece of information that will be looked at by the old brain, and the old brain will consider that it's just noise, it's not necessary, doesn't affect our survival, will just be eliminated. Now you see how it connects to a press release, an article, an ebook, your website, whatever you produce, you put it in somebody's face, and if you just tell them, oh, look at me, I'm so great. Look at my employees, how you know educated they are. Look at my product or the features it has. The old brain is going to say, don't need it. Not necessary. Next. It's only one of 5,000 at that point. There's yes. nothing making it stand out. And I'm still picking my jaw up from the ground because, I mean, as soon as you say it, it makes sense to me. I believe it wholeheartedly. And yet it's so many and it just helps me immediately as a business owner, as someone who has to think about marketing and sales and connecting with an audience through a podcast, all of those things. It just makes me say immediately, oh my goodness, what have I been doing to stand out from the 5,000? And it's almost overwhelming. So I'm so excited to hear how you are approaching it in a way that can actually help people stand out in that 5,000 and be one that actually gets paid attention to. Yeah. And really the key word in this is help. I mean, messaging, it shouldn't be called messaging. It should be called helping. You know, if you actually want your message to be read or listened to, it's about helping the audience understand something new that's going to help them succeed in whatever they're achieving. That's exactly what we're doing here on this podcast. I mean, we're sharing that information so people understand that when they write something, stop focusing on features and benefits and things. Think about how you're solving a problem that your audience is waiting for to be solved. So it's kind of, you know, kind of a reverse your way of thinking in a little bit. It's really, you know, your customer is your hero, not you, not your brand. Your story doesn't matter. Their story matters. And how are you going to connect to their story and to their needs so that, you know, they will process the information and connect with you. And what's interesting with this is directly connect to the sales funnels when you think about it. I mean, actually, you know, the, I just talked so far just about the old brain, but then there is, you know, the middle brain that process, yeah, process emotions and then the new brain that processes data. Well, it's just like a sales funnel. <laughs> you know, the sales funnel, when you think about it, the top of the funnel is about awareness, which is really about making sure that, you know, your target audience will process the information you're giving them. So you're telling them how you're going to help them. Then the middle part of the funnel is about connecting with them emotionally. So, you know, because at that point, they are ready to process emotional information. They want to feel something. We call it story branding at MedTech Momentum. And then the next part at the bottom of the funnel is you're ready to close that deal. So now it's about data. Now you're looking at the features, you're looking at the surgical techniques, you're looking at the product, the characteristics, everything, because you're at the end. 
So the structure of the brain is actually very similar to the structure of a cell phone, which just we don't think about it. But the mistake that people make is they want to create awareness by sharing information that the brain is not going to process. So you are not even there. You have no chance to get to the next level. Yeah. They're focused on the features and benefits, which we're not ready for yet because we haven't addressed how is this helping me just get through or accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish. We haven't made the emotional connection. It's not that features and benefits are not important. They can be important, but only at the right timing if we've already made the connection through helping and the emotional connection. Only then do these features and benefits, the data side, actually begin to matter. So, Guillaume, as you're saying it, this makes complete sense to me. I mean, this really aligns with what I've experienced, even if I didn't know the science behind it, at least understanding the experience. This is real life for me. And one of the things I heard you say on our last show was this idea of stories matter. Stories matter a lot. So how does that fit into this concept? So remember how I just said that, you know, the biggest problem that Homo sapiens had for 300,000 years was the amount of energy that the brain used to process information. Actually, 25% of the energy that the human being uh, needs. Well, there is a way to minimize the amount of energy that the brain has to use. And that's called story branding or telling, sharing the information, sharing information about your brand as a story. The moment you do this, your brain is much more comfortable looking at this information and processing it. This is very important because, again, as you know, you know, stories are what makes us human. I mean, for again, hundreds of thousands of years, we survived, you know, and improve as a civilization just because we kept sharing stories. That's how things, you know, happen until Gutenberg invented the press and we could print books. But before that, you know, it was just sitting around the fire and sharing the stories that you heard from somebody else. So again, our brain is wired for stories. So we love stories. So let's give people stories. When you are a company and you have customers and you want to connect with them, tell them a story that they can relate to. That's going to help the old brain process information. But then don't forget that you need to address the primary purpose of the old brain, which is what's in it for me. <laughs> How is that going to help me? In the, you know, the story brand principles that we apply here at Metech Momentum, we have something called the story brand formula. The story brand formula is very simple. It, it really looks at every piece of content which needs to be written as a story. And the way we look at it is by saying, okay, so your customer is a character. He has a problem who meets a guy, a guide. We give him a plan, tell him what success would look like and what failure would look like if you actually do not take action. This, what I just described, is how every single script in Hollywood is actually created. It's always a story of transformation with a character, with a problem, with a guide, etc. Don't reinvent the wheel. Look at who is telling stories very, very, very well. Hollywood. So I would invite your listener to read a great book called Building a Story Brand by a guy named Donald Miller. And actually, I don't know if, uh, you know, I have the book right here. Maybe you can show it to some of the people on the podcast, but uh, and we can maybe put it as an attachment. But this book really describes very, very well that notion of story branding, the story branding formula, and how you can make sure that you stay on script as you write, again, every piece of content. 
That's fantastic. And Guillaume, I'm reminded of a, a story that one of my mentors told me when I first got into the financial industry. He kind of sat me down and looking back, he was basically saying this similar thing. So I'm going to tell that story real quick. And what he said is he said, you know, Tommy, pretend you're sitting on a Caribbean island and you're on the beach and the temperature is fine. You're sipping on a beverage that's fine. You're eating food that's fine. Nothing's like has to be outstanding. It's just kind of fine. I'm okay. And then all of a sudden, someone comes paddling up in their canoe and they get off that canoe. They walk up to me on the beach and they show me this glossy brochure about their island next door. And they start talking about the features. The temperature is one degree better and the drinks are even tastier. The food's even tastier. And they look at me and they say, hey, Tommy, do you want to get in my boat and come with me? And I'm kind of like, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm sitting here on a Caribbean beach. I'm reading a fine book. Everything's fine. I'm not going to get in that boat and go with them. But instead, let's change the narrative. So now this guide paddles up in the canoe, gets out of the canoe, comes up to me. I'm still on that same beach. Everything's just fine. And he says, hey, Tommy, the volcano on this island is about to erupt. Do you want to get in my boat? Because I can take you next door to my island where it's safe. And at that moment, I don't care if the drinks are tastier or if the food is tastier, if the book is better or the temperature is one degree more perfect. All I care about is getting off that beach because there's a volcano that's about to dump lava all over it. And I don't want to be there when it shows up. And so am I going to get in that boat 100% of the time? Yeah. And his whole point in sharing this story with me, Guillaume, was to really educate me that, look, people will often default to the status quo. And it's not unless they can feel the pain of staying in that status quo that they're quick to go fix their behavior. Yes. Yeah, I could not agree more with what you say. Actually, you know, there is a saying that says the fear of losing. Actually, it's not a saying, it's calculated. Uh, the fear of losing is twice superior to the desire of gaining or the desire to gain. And it's really true. We know that, for instance, when you make a proposal to a, a client or a potential client, if you tell them, you explain everything you can do for them, and then you say, well, but maybe that's not for you. Maybe you're not ready. You know, maybe you're not the right company for this program that we are proposing. Chances are they're going to say, yes, we are, <laughs> because they don't want to lose out. <laughs> Where uh, if you keep saying how great you are, how great you are, great you are, I say, okay, okay. You know, and I'm speaking to so many different people who are telling me the same thing. So that notion of understanding what you're losing is key to communicating. So, you know, there are different factors. I mean, you know, one of them is always make sure that you address the character. You know, you must recognize yourself as the character. Oh, he's talking to me. And then you must always clearly state the problem. You know, oh, I'm in business because there is this big problem that we're identifying and I think we have a way to resolve it. So you're the guide and you identify the problem. Oh, and by the way, to do it, you know, uh, we have a program that's in place and we've been doing it for years and you can look at it. 
or, you know, call me and I will explain it to you. Oh, so now you have a plan. So I feel good. You know, you're, you're Yoda. And that's when suddenly, you know, the, the fear of losing comes in. And if you don't do it, you know, what's going to happen is you're not going to create any awareness. I mean, you're not going to be in touch with your audience, which means you're not going to grow. You're not going to have any customer. Your company is going to have no value, which means really you're going to crash at one point. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't want to crash. I don't want to crash. Okay. Well, but you know, if you actually do it, you're going to double or triple the number of visitors on your site and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. You're going to generate marketing qualified leads and sales qualified leads. And, and then we have a program to turn those into customers. Oh yeah. I want that. So. As you can see, these are you know very basic principles, but if they are applied in the right order at the right time, before the brain of all the cells follow, then you're gonna get results. And that's what we see over and over. You know, it's that's why we call it a framework. There is really a framework that is to be applied. And then after that, the elements of the framework are all different because they depend on the company and their values and the field that they want to project and what they are doing and what problems they are addressing. But at the end of the day, that framework will always be the same. But again, it's not linked to the latest and greatest technology. It's always linked to basic humans principle. Speak to the brain, not to the fingers, to the brain. I love that. Speak to the brain, not to the fingers. I think you need to trademark that, Guillaume. Get that filed, get that registered. It's fantastic. And Guillaume, if you're willing, I'd love for you to walk us through an example of maybe somebody that was focused on the wrong thing and the way that you were able to help turn that into an actual story. Yes. So I have a very good example for you. Actually, when we started the company in 2014, I really didn't have anything. I just had a business card and an idea, but my idea was emotional branding. I went to some, you know, companies I knew in France, you know, in the industry, and I told them, you know, you need to make sure that your company is not just selling features. You need to connect emotionally. I have a way to do it. If you want, we can do it together. And they actually trusted me. One of these companies was actually a manufacturer of surgical instruments in orthopedics seven years ago. At the time, they had some success. They were already a $30 million company, but they were just in, in Europe. Uh, they were at big dreams to expand in the U.S. And when we looked at, you know, their marketing material and what they were doing, really all they were with was a logo. And if you went to their website, all you saw were products and a catalog. And that was it. So it was clear they do surgical instruments. Yeah. But there wasn't anything actually connecting us to that company. No, not at all. And actually, you know, going back to your example of the island, it was the first case scenario where they would go to, you know, to companies and say, oh, you know, I have instruments too, and they are higher quality than maybe than the other ones, and trust me and buy them. You know, that's not very, very exciting. So what actually, you know, we told them when we came in is you really need to start connecting emotionally with your audience. And for that, people want to know who is behind the brand. You have a great story to tell. The founders of the companies are amazing. They've been doing it for 30 years. They've created this organization. And you are, I mean, when people know you personally, they really feel that you are special. You are people, you know, you're not just looking for the next purchase order. You communicate with us and you're, you're trying to solve the engineering problem that maybe you are, the company is having with these instruments and you're part of the process. So I said, we need to communicate that. And the way we did it is by actually of course, you know, take over the communication channels and everything. But more importantly, 
starting highlighting or showcases the team. Who are you? So you CEO, I want you to tell me why you're doing what you're doing. You um, engineer, I want you to tell me how you're developing those instruments. You machinist on the actual machine, I want a video of you telling me how you actually make that instrument. And we've created hundreds of not only videos, but articles, pictures, you know, communicating, you know, who is behind this brand? Why are they doing what they are doing? Why they really care about what they are doing? And it's really a great example because for those who may recognize the company, if they know me, they know that actually they went from a $30 million company to a $150 million company in those seven years. They have acquired three companies in the US, in Asia, they are still growing like crazy. So something is working here. And it's not just because they're making instruments. Absolutely. So you talked about kind of these three stages, the first being this story that's connecting on how we help, how we help you. The second was really tying into the emotional response. And I know depending on the audience, there's different ways to do that. And at MedTech Momentum, you've also used music. So I'd love to talk about both of those things, the differences in approach depending on the audience, as well as how music and other things can come into play to help do this second phase of this emotional connection. You know, I often draw that music and marketing are the same thing. I'm actually in the process of writing a book called The Music of MedTech Marketing. Because I really believe that if you look at successful bands or successful producers, you get the formula. And so let me start by giving a, a simple example that I think highlights pretty well what you should be looking for out of your marketing agency. When Bob Marley in 1972 came to the UK, he was completely unknown. And there is a man called Chris Blackwell that many of you probably know, who look at this band that was just playing in bars saying, they have something really special. They have values, they stand for something, they have a unique sound. But the way they're playing right now is, you know, no, nobody will, will connect with this. And actually just know that they were starving, <laughs> Bob Marley and the Whalers. Uh, they couldn't even buy a plane ticket buy to Jamaica. So uh, what Chris Blackwell did is he said, guys, I'm gonna buy your plane ticket, I'm gonna help you go back, but first come with me in London and I will produce an album. And if you like it, we will move further. So it took the core of what Bob Marley was about. It took the core of their, you know, their, their why. And he modified it, you know, uh, enough to connect to mass audiences. And we know the story, you know, uh, Bob Marley, you know, became, became a legend. He's still, he's still a legend to this day. This is exactly what marketing agencies need to do for companies is you are Bob Marley very often. No matter your size, I mean, you have great technology, great story, great value, a lot of things going for you, and you're trying to connect to a, a new audience to expand your audience. How are you going to do that? Well, that's where we come in, and we're going to be your producer, you know, or any or other agencies, but be your producer and translate your message so it, it connects. You know, Guillaume, that makes complete sense. And, you know, off air, you'd shared with me example after example in the music world of how once somebody connected with a story to their audience or connected on that emotional level, it didn't even matter if they were great at their instrument, for example. Maybe they could only play three notes, but if they could connect with that audience, 
it really didn't matter. And one of the other things you've shared with me is that making sure we connect with our specific audience in the way that they need to be connected with is so essential. Speak into that a little bit for us. Yes, and I think a very important point to recognize is that men are different from women. And okay, I already see people yelling and insulting me here, but the reality is that, again, going back to our Homo sapiens day, we were still Homo sapiens 300,000 years, I mentioned that at the beginning. So let's look at how we made it as Homo sapiens. And not only, you know, I talked about processing information, but that fact of processing information was also very different between men and women. The way men survived 200,000 years ago whereby going into the jungles of the world, being very silent, and they only had one goal was to kill enough animals to bring enough calories to the village. And in order to kill, you know, to have a successful hunt and not to be killed, they really had to be very quiet and just communicate with each other only when it was necessary, solving one problem at a time. That was the way Men survived for hundreds of thousands of years. Maybe it sounds familiar. <laughs> now look at women. The women were actually in the villages. They were taking care of the kids and of the elderly. And the only way they survived was if they stayed together as a group and connected and communicated as much as possible, as quickly as possible, with as many details as possible and have an emotional bond that would make them want to help each other constantly. Sounds familiar also? So now, bring it back to today. You're talking to an audience of men, and you're creating this beautiful PowerPoint presentation. If you want to connect with them, make sure you have just a few bullet points. You're really addressing the problems, the problems that the audience is facing, and you are explaining how you're going to help them in very few slides with very few words. If you want to give that same presentation to a woman's audience, you can go on with many more slides, long sentences, many more details, and they will connect to this presentation. That is important because, I mean, if you talk about the medical industry, it's actually the great majority, especially in medtech, is males. 90%, 80%, 70%, depending on the specialties and what we're talking about here. But it's all, so be careful, you know, remember those, those facts that, you know, we have men homo sapiens, women homo sapiens, and they are in front of you. So address their needs and address the way their brains are actually wired. And that's going to help your audience, you know, stay, pay attention, and actually maybe follow up with you. Guillaume, this resonates so much, especially in my own home. And I know, you know, we're not trying to overgeneralize and everybody can do everything. But my wife always says to me, she just reminds me constantly. She's like, remember, women, we want to connect more face to face. And men, you want to connect more shoulder to shoulder. And what she's highlighting is, if I want to have a close relationship with one of my guy buddies, it's like, let's go do something together. We might not talk the entire day, but if we're doing something fun, we're shoulder to shoulder, we're going to come back and it's going to be this really tight bond. 
and we're going to have these great feelings about each other. But if I try to do that with my wife and just be shoulder to shoulder the entire day and never say a word, I will completely deplete her love tank. (laughs) And so she just really helped me remember that of taking that time to connect face to face. And then when she and her sister or she and her friends have so many words, so many words, they just keep going and going and they've talked about the same thing. And now they've just done it four different ways. And I'm like, we could have done this in two sentences, but they're connecting so deeply that they truly understand the dynamics of what each other were experiencing because they've described it so thoroughly. And she just helps me have an appreciation for that, that we truly need both. And we all need both from time to time. But in general, in my house, at least, this connects very, very well because this is exactly how our lives kind of happen day in and day out. So I love it. Yeah, there is a book written about this. It's uh, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, which kind of describes these things. Again, for a man, there is a problem. Well, immediately you're looking for the solution that the problem is solved. No need to talk about it. Let's move on. Let's have a good time. A woman is facing the same problem. She probably wants to talk about it. She wants you to understand the pain that she's going through. And solving the actual problem is just not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, we're going to solve it. But she really... The win is in the discussion that we're having about it. And if you don't know that, you're going to have a very hard time in your relationship because we keep wanting to solve problems just, just like those hunters, you know, in the woods, in the forest of the world, and then move on, go to the next hunt where the woods are not about that. They are in the village. There is a bunch of things they need to take care of, you know, all day. And it takes a different set of skills. So no, <laughs> it is a fascinating. We actually have a language for this in our home now. I'm going on 21 years of marriage. It only took me about 20 to get to this point. But what we've started to be able to ask each other, Guillaume, is do you want action or empathy? Or another way that we'll say it, do you just want me to listen or do you want me to solve? And very quickly then, because there are times where my wife actually does want me to help solve. But those are really rare. Usually she just wants the empathy. Usually she just wants me to listen. And we've even adopted that inside of talking with our team members inside of our businesses to understand, you know, are you looking for action or a sounding board? Yeah. And sure enough, a lot of times somebody's just looking for a sounding board. I will frequently hear, oh, no, I've got it. I've got it. I'm good. I just needed to get it out. Yeah. And sometimes those are some of the best conversations we have when we realize they're not looking for a solution here. They're just looking for a listening ear. They've got the solution inside of them. And for business leaders, as you're listening, you know, the higher up you go in leadership, the less decisions you should be making. And so this is part of how that happens is just being able to be that sounding board, not always having to solve, but allowing your team to figure out how to solve and encouraging them through that and then trusting them to make those decisions and having the most important thing you can say to them being you decide because I trust you. 
And that only happens when sometimes you're there just to listen, not to solve. So thanks for letting me interject that, Guillaume. <laughs> but I think it's so important. It's part of that communication. And at that emotional level is understanding what we're trying to accomplish. And then yeah. ultimately, we do get to move into what sets us apart from what they're currently doing. That are the temperature on our island is one or two degrees better. And all these other things. But as you've described so well, that's really the third step. That's not where we want to lead. You know, that's just ultimately being highly competent at what we set out to do. Yes. And it's kind of counterintuitive to think that you've created this incredible technology. And I'm, I'm, telling, it, I'm telling you that you need to wait before you talk about all of these great features. And we do work with a lot of startups and I think it's one of the biggest challenges that we face with them because most of the time, you know, there are engineers, scientists, physicians that have developed those products together and they can't wait to share, you know, all the science behind this wonder that is going to change patient care. But really what we keep telling them is don't forget, who are you talking to? What are their problems? What are the challenges that they are facing? How are you going to help them be successful? And once you get to that, now let's connect emotionally. So who you are, what you do, et cetera. Once we get through this, then let's talk about the features of your product. But that takes a marketing strategy. It takes a lot of skills. Many talented people really do it well digitally, you know, on all platforms in the right time. You know, it's a challenge. And then you need to do it over and over because as you know, it's not because you put something on LinkedIn that everybody's going to see it. <laughs> so even though they might be in your contact list, so you need to do it a bunch of times. So, you know, it is a very important to know what you are doing and to have a plan. Guillaume, this has been absolutely tremendous and it completely makes sense to me as I hear it. I hope our founders that listen in and our large manufacturing companies that listen in, I hope they're hearing this, that this is one of the most essential things about connecting with their potential customers and audience and ultimately giving them the ability to serve as many patients as possible to make their lives better. But if we can't even get to that level, it really doesn't matter. So I appreciate you sharing that. And we're moving into my favorite part of the show now, which is where I get to ask two questions. The first is the question everyone wants to know. And really, it's the question I want to know. And I, I hope everybody else does want to know. But you are actually writing the book on music in marketing. Tell our audience the premise of that book. So really, the premise of the book is to highlight the fact that if you look at the history of successful companies, companies and bands, by the way, <laughs> it works with the arts also, that any company or band that understand who they are, what they stand for, why they do what they do, and stick with it, are very successful in the long term. They don't just have the one hit wonder, they don't have the one product or one song. So one thing that I do, you know, to people who come to the office here, I actually have a presentation and I show ACDC. <laughs> Not everybody likes ACDC, but you know that Back in Black is the second most successful album of all time after Thriller. They've sold close to 300 million albums, more than most bands. And the reason I like ACDC is because if you listen to ACDC in 1978, or you listen to ACDC today, you still have the same vibe, 
the same type of songs, you know what you're getting, and they go for it. And you can look at concerts and you have 50, 70,000 people jumping up and down for three hours. It was the case in 81 when they did Back in Black. It's still the case today when they are in their late 60s and early 70s and some of the board members are dying. But they continue. Then in that presentation, I show Steve Jobs' keynote when he actually launched the iPhone. And when you look at Steve Jobs, exactly the same thing. In the late 70s, Steve Jobs completely understood who he was, what he stood for, why they were doing, what they are doing, what they do. And he turned Apple into Apple. Now, when he was fired, <laughs> they almost crashed, and I'm not going to get into this. And when he came back, after doing Pixar and understanding the power of story branding, he actually relaunched Apple. He got back to their core values. And then we know that Apple is the most, I mean, I think the most uh, valuable company in the world today. So these are two examples that we can all look at in the world of music or in the world uh, of business that can really apply to everybody. You should really wonder when you start a company or when you are even a successful company, why we do what we do, what are our values, what we stand for. Because chances are, even if you're very successful, you're going to have tendencies to diverse yourself too much and lose your core. And the moment you lose your core, you're in trouble. Go back to the basics. So, you know, that's what kind of the book is going to be about. I am giving in the book an example of music, you know, in every chapter, how it relates to music and art. And I think, you know, people will actually relate to it because I know I did, when I started thinking about it, it really made a lot of sense. And when I share that with our, our clients, they really also believe it. So, so I'm excited to actually launch uh, or publish this book uh, at the end of this year, probably beginning of next year. Fantastic. Well, when it gets published, Guillaume, I'd love to have you back on and actually do an update. We'll talk about the book. And so thank you so much. And this brings us into my second question, which is the real question that I'm sure some of our listeners want to know. You know, maybe they are running a medical company. Maybe they're investing in medical companies and they have relationships with those leadership teams. And if they want to get in touch with you at MedTech Momentum, what's the best way to do that? And one of the things you said that I, I think is so wonderful is that you actually want to talk with them personally, that you want that personal connection. So what's the best way for them to reach out and make that connection? Yes. So the easiest is obviously to go to our website, which is uh, medtechmomentum.com. So here you have all the information. But if you want to reach me directly, just type Guillaume at medtechmomentum.com. Guillaume, medtechmomentum.com. And I'm sure, you know, Tom, you'll put the link to this, uh, you know, with the podcast. Uh, because I do, I'm very serious when I say I do want to speak with you. It's not about your next website or your next brochure or your next, uh, you know, SEO or press release. I really want to know if we're going to work together, why you're doing what you do, what's your vision, what you are trying to achieve with the company. And if we don't get that right, there is no way we can have a, you know, a successful marketing strategy. You're going to have a nice product, you know, maybe a nice brochure. And then what? You're going to have all the features. And you're not going to have your Olympic winning judo story to take it and actually have people care and want to yeah. use it. So, Guillaume, this has been tremendous. So, listeners, again, that's medtechmomentum.com. You can reach out there or you can go to Guillaume at medtechmomentum.com. And that is Guillaume is G-U-I-L-L-A-U-M-E 
at medtechmomentum.com. And we will put those in our show notes, uh, whether you listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, just go to our show notes. You'll be able to link over to Guillaume there. And Guillaume, thank you so much. I absolutely love your story. It's tremendous to have you here as a business owner. So thanks for everything you're doing. Well, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to share my story, which is pretty unique and pretty strange in many ways. But if I can inspire a few people, you know, I would be very happy. So good. So good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Ordinary. This podcast is brought to you by Mammoth and produced by Reverb. If you like this show, consider sharing it with a friend. You can subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about Mammoth and Beyond the Ordinary, visit us at mammoth.vc.com.